Michael, which I don't think I've ever called you. No. Should we do it? Let's. Should we do it to it? Let's make. Let's audio make entertainment, art, baby. Which I think let's is make art. Beck Zurich. Beck Zurich. Yeah, let's. That's not what this podcast is. <laughs> this is our art. Mm, it's like outsider art. This is the best we could do. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, that's going straight on the fridge. <laughs> the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome to episode 58-ish of Hey Brew, Australia's worst beer podcast, with it, which is the stories that you tell in the pub. Think of it as like drunk history without the budget or the drinking, but some of the drinking. My name is Elliot. My name is Mike. All right. How's it going, Mike? Uh, good. I like that intro, Australia's worst beer podcast, because we really don't talk about beer all that much. No. And also, <laughs> we keep getting voted Australia's worst beer podcast. Yeah, no, empirically... Uh, backed <laughs> the, the most true thing said on H bro, on H brew <laughs> on, on hey brew is that we're the hey worst yeah, hey B. Hey B. <laughs> um, the most true thing said on this podcast is that we're Australia's worst beer podcast yeah we're it's, also moderately good at telling each other stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have fun <laughs> again it's for us yes if I could look down the barrel of a camera now at the listener and be like this isn't for you Okay. But if you like it, please feel free to hang out. Yeah, and please rate and like and subscribe. (laughs) Hit that notification bell, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. You know Um, the drill by now. You've been on the internet. Uh, Mike, any any beer action on your side? Uh, Plenty, because we're still in lockdown. Or back in lockdown, I can't wait. Yeah, we had a sweet taste of freedom for a second there. Last episode, it was... a. Lockdown five. We're now in lockdown six. Yeah, we've come out and gone back in. Yeah, in that we're, time. we're fast approaching, like catching up with the Fast and Furious series in terms of iterations. Oh, shit. I can't wait for lockdown nine because spoilers will go to space. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. That movie is so good. Holy shit. <laughs> so good. Yeah. God, I might watch a lot of Fast and Furious tonight. I was going to play some more Zelda, but that might be what I do. Yeah. Um, so beer news mm. <laughs> for me. Uh, I went and did a bit of a run to Purvis uh, between oh, lockdowns uh, and got a whole bunch of shit. Um, yeah, nice. Mainly because I was gearing up to send some stuff over to my brother in New Zealand. Ah, Jeff. Yes. Yes. My brother, Jeff. Um, I always forget his name. That's that's fine. I'm not going to dox him. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's sort of as part of a trade I do <laughs> with him semi-regularly to send over some New Zealand food stuffs that I'm quite partial to but can't get over here. Yeah, nice. Um, he picks so basically them just, up for you. Huh? He picks them up for you. He does, and then he sends them. Yeah, um, yeah so I went and got like a, a maybe three or four four-packs and a couple of um, other bits and pieces so that I could have some as well of nice. what I was getting him because nice. I was like, well, we might as well all try new stuff. <laughs> One for you, two for me. Uh, basically is how is how <laughs> things went. Um, but had a couple of new joints from Tallboy and Moose, which I haven't had for a while. Yeah, I've been digging into a bit of their stuff recently. Yeah, i got to say I love the direction their artwork and stuff has taken on the cans. Yes, big fan. So this really nice sort of... Uh, you know, like flat colors, cartoon kind of look, mm. but some really bizarre stuff. Like, uh, well, the Colorado Kush, the art wasn't really that interesting. It was like a guy in a kayak, um, but it was a like American IPA yeah. kind of thing. So a little bit more on the West Coast IPA sort of style. Really nice and uh, crisp. I would I would describe it as delightful. Um, the other one from them, just trying to find the name of it now, uh, was Wired to the Moose. Yeah, I had that recently. Or yeah, maybe I pastry it stout, and, and it's, it, yeah. it's got like this cartoon, basically moose, well, like a, a sexy man's body with a moose head, like a moose natour. Yeah, but he's like hold, he's holding like essentially what looks like a caramel slice, and something's dripping off it. It's such a a wild design, it's weirdly arousing. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm trying to find the other ones now. Oh, there's this other one which I found just really satisfying. The level of joke they've gone for here from Little Bang. So the beer is actually called Lorem Ipsum Hazy IPA. Nice. But what they've done is every single can has a unique name and sort of background image on it, which is all generated by an algorithm, which is just kind of taking the piss of the whole way that beers are named nowadays. So I I love that. that. 
uh, I have to, fuck, it was like communist alligator something or other. It was like essentially like adjective noun noun. It was it was basically following a format, but every can had a different name on it. Okay, this um, is incredible. I think because w- when I looked at it on the Purvis website, the the one that showed up there in the image was uh, erotic sausage fantasy. And it's just I amazing. did see that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went to pick it up expecting four beers with that name and got four random names on these fucking cans, but it's the same beer in all of them. Maybe that's why I couldn't find it when I went in there the other week. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it. it's, such a, it's such a funny idea. Yeah, that's fucking great. <laughs> but I can't imagine, because like, I suppose they're just like printing these on a, on a printer. It wouldn't actually be that much of a cost. Nah, still. No, that's I'm fun. just thinking of like every can being unique sounds like a costly affair, but if you're just slapping it through a printer and it's all generated, then you don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah. Still, um, good. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's a great laugh. I'm really into that. Yeah, yeah. No, so I've, I've had a little a little ex- exploration. Uh, also, um, shout out to Edge Brewing for making yeah. one of my favorite fucking sours I've ever had, which honestly rivals Miss Pinky oh, for yeah. me. Um, was their berry pop the sessionable sour? I think I sent you a picture of it. It rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, but it comes at like I don't know two and a half percent or something. But it's just the perfect flavor and not like too sour, not too kind of alcoholic or anything. Obviously, it's it's a lower number, but it's just that really refreshing kind of sour fruit. It's a Bill and Vice sort of flavor. Um, well worth a look. Sort of. I can't remember the, the berries, but it's it's worth it. It's worth trying to find. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, I um, I had a sour yesterday that I split with my partner, and I'm going to have to have a quick look. Fuck. It's very annoying is that the can is in the recycling in the other room, and I forgot uh, yes. who it's by, but it was a parfait breakfast sour. Oh, Holy right. crap, man. It was absolutely incredible. Um and yeah, something like Nomad or Forager. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, man. It was it was it was. Here we go. Humble Forager Brewery, Coastal Sunrise. Hmm. Um, All right. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Breakfast parfait sour ale with blueberry, raspberry, strawberry, vanilla, lactose, and honey granola. Wow. All right. Mate, it was incredible. And we had that bright purple <laughs> motherfucker. And then yeah. We had a blueberry milkshake, blue beer, which I chucked on the Instagram, which was I did see bananas that. or, or yes. blueberries. Man. Sour beers, baby. I had a few yesterday. It was good times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've had anything else recently that's particularly great. Sorry, I, I kind of assumed you finished at that point. Yeah, no. No, I, I had a, a new one, a new one from Dayton, which I think is actually a, a re-release of an old beer they did called Insane Uncle. Oh, I had that as well. Yeah. yeah. What do you reckon to it? Uh, yeah, really good. It was similar to the, that Colorado Kush and that it was just, it was a very good, clean IPA. Yeah. Very, just decent IPA. It was IPA day last week. So I was having some on mm. Friday. So that was good. Yeah. Um, I, I had a moment recently where I was like, fuck, I just want to be punched in the face with hops right now. Yeah, dude. Well, Didn't quite um, get there, but got enough where I'm like, yeah, that's the shit. Well, friend of the show, uh, TJ was drinking single hop uh rye ipa last night yeah all right um and he said it was uh absolutely fantastic yeah, it was a, sorry red ipa not rye ipa uh, it's a very amarillo but um it has like mm. a um like a f- tasting wheel on it on the back which is oh that's super cool. cool yeah i'm really I into wish, that i wish more places did that yeah so it's like heavy on the citrus and woody and a little bit vegetative and earthy um, so yeah. dig into that. Yeah. That's such a good idea. Uh, for listeners at home, it's essentially, if you're familiar with this concept, a polar graph. Yep. Where it's like, you know, each point on the, on the thing is a different part of a flavor profile and it's filled in based on how much it's got. Yeah. It's like, it looks like a bit like a spider web. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would love to see that as a just more standard thing. Cause there's so many times you look at a beer, you're like, cool, it's an IPA. I know this brewery, but I don't have an idea of what it tastes like until I buy it, take it home and drink it. It's such an open-ended flavor profile. So yeah, I'd love to have yeah. more uh, yeah. more knowledge going in. Yeah, phenomenal. But yeah, he said it was absolutely bang on. So mm. um, apart good. from that, I also had a cup, uh, a can of the um, Hop Nation's Rattenhund, 
which ah. is a traditional German pilsner. Um, and my favorite thing about that is that Rattenhund is German for rat dog. Which, yes, it uh, is. That's, that's a funny name because a very Australian thing to call people. Um, mm. But speaking of beers, Mike. Yes. Uh, we've got a couple today because obviously lockdown, don't lock me up um, and all that sort of shit. Um, so do you want to go first or should I? Um, well, I'll go first because yours is the one that you've actually picked to go with this episode, whereas mine was actually no. Mine won't make sense, probably, without you going first. Fair enough. Because okay. otherwise it's just like, I just picked a beer. So but mine is somewhat related. So I, 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 I got a couple of these beers, but unfortunately because of lockdown means we couldn't, couldn't share these, but, which I'm a little bit sad for you about. Yeah. Because um, uh, this is from Red Hill down in, in Victoria, and this is the Mole Imperial Stout called Pancho. Um, mm. It is like Pancho. This beer is fearless, dark, and strong with a spicy heat from Mexican chilies. Smoky with the addition of chocolate and cinnamon, all the ingredients of traditional Mexican mole sauce. I am fucking pumped for this because I love a Mexican stout. Yeah, um, this is giving me flashbacks to the uh, the mole merkin. Yeah, of course. Holy shit. Um, but the good thing about this now is I've got a spare can for me to drink. Yes, um, you do. So yeah, <laughs> one for work, one for pleasure. Very much so. Yes, I'm. 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 I'm most pumped about this. I must say. Um, Very good. So I'll crack into that while you tell us what you've got. Yeah, yeah. So, so you you told me what it was earlier in the week, and I was like, well, Purvis is outside the five k radius, so I can't very well go and try to get one of those. Um, so I went into my fridge, and turns out I still had uh, one can left of the Garage Project Surrender to the Void Maple Pecan Affogato Gelato variety. Oh my god! So I figure, in terms of flavor profiles of what you've just described, it's actually a pretty good match. You know, some chocolate flavors and things like that, but. This thing is for uh, 11.5% alcohol by volume, and I have not had dinner yet, so expect me to be a mess in yeah, about 30 minutes. That's going to be excellent. I mean, this one's only 8.1, and it's a small can. Um, oh, this is, this is one of them big boys. People have forced. been listening to the podcast, and they started putting their big boys in small cans, so I'm into this. But um, yeah. yeah, we're going to be a mess. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have a little sip of this. Yes, you do that. I'm going to, I'm going to get to the pour. This oh thing still. Do we have? We didn't feature. Surrender I don't think to we've the done a to the void, which is a shame because I'm happy to keep drinking more surrender to the void. Oh yeah, no, the, the stuff comes out looking like fucking tar. Yeah, this is very dark. It's got a nice like Coca Cola like fizz style head. Yeah, this is this looks similar to what you've just described, except not a lot of head on it. Ooh, baby. Ooh, that's good. Oh, that chili comes through really well, and the smokiness. Oh, Mike. You know what I'm reminded of? Mm. Crime. Are you really? The, the beer, not the concept. Well, yes. Although at the same time, both. Are the, like, are the, is the chili quite pronounced? Uh, it, you get ahead of it, but it's not mm. like chili. It's just like, hey, there's some chili. Okay. Um, oh, man. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hello, it's me, chili. I would like to come in. It's not like kicking your door down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chili, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's um, it's a lot less. Um, oh, that is good. Um, talk to me. Talk to me of affogato and rainbows. Yeah, well, um, it's yeah. The, the, just, the first just, two do, words. Do you want to tell me what an affogato is? Uh, uh, that's just where you pour coffee no, over I ice don't. cream, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I had that right. You pour espresso over ice cream, mm. and it's a dessert. Um, so yeah, with I'm, I'm getting more of like the maple pecan flavors. Mm. Um, yeah, that that coffee and chocolate is a little more subdued, I guess, compared to that. But um, it's just a big boozy fucking stout, if I'm yeah. honest. Um, it's delicious. Uh, having had this before, I know I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Um, probably not something to drink before dinner. Um, so look, this is me just doing a public service. Um, for your entertainment pleasure, we're doing it so you don't have to. Oh. Um, so I got to say, some of the things that are coming through with this, this like the cheat, the, the cheat, the chili heat, um, and the uh, the smoke is good. A little bit of the chocolate. I can't really taste any cinnamon, but I'm mm. okay with this. A mole is like a a traditional Mexican. I don't know how traditional a Mexican sauce that's um, often had with meat, and it's, um, yeah, it contains chocolate and chilies, and it's kind of like a spicy, yeah. rich sauce. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of like a a roasty flavor 
with with this one, which might just be down to how they've incorporated the pecan or the yeah, makes sense. coffee flavor. Mm. Have you had this Serena to the Void? I know you've had other ones. I don't remember. Yeah. It's tough. But all, because they're, they're 11%, wild. Yeah, I soon forget. Yes. Yeah. All, all, I, all I have is like this vague image in my mind of like, vague I know threat. that that beer, I know that I had a good time with that beer. Yeah. That's as bad well, as about as much as I remember. Well, the other thing as well is that they're all called Surrender to the Void, but with different names, different numbers, sorry, and different ingredients. And then, then yeah. their artwork is all incredibly similar, if not yes. exactly the same. Yes. Yeah. This looks like... Somebody has had an acid trip and then tried to draw that. Yeah, sick. It's like, I'll hold it up for you, but it's kind of... There's a fair bit going like on. Space, a lot of bright colors. There's some weird looking wolves with third spice. eyes. Yeah. Spice. Well, speaking of spice... Uh, in <laughs> the one place no the way. capitalism finally corrupted. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, of, of capitalism's corrupting element, uh, 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 influence... Mm -hmm. Pancho, this beer, is obviously named after leader of the revolution, uh, Mexican revolution, Pancho Villa. Now, I want to get into it, if that's all right. That is totally fine. Not Are you sound. ready to go? Yeah. I also, so I want to get into it. It's the beginning of Sex like a Sex Machine by James Brown. So I just hope we don't get, you know, contact ID for that. No. <laughs> Sex me up. I did think that maybe doing a piece on Pancho Villa would be difficult because it could potentially be... I don't, I, I don't know anything about him. So I didn't want to write a whole episode and it turns out he was a monster. Or it <laughs> yeah, turns out fair. that I was doing him a very big disservice for okay. you know me presenting him half-pissed on a podcast. So I thought you know about some other really cool aspects of Mexican culture. Um, that okay. I think... I think you and the audience may like. And I can't believe I, this is the second time I've done an episode of this nature almost. Um, but Mike, I'm going to be talking about uh, Luchadore and Lucha Libre. Very good. Um, I didn't know where you were taking this. I think we're talking about Andre the Giant again. <laughs> um, no, so, so this is the second wrestling episode I've done. So I'd like to, first of all, acknowledge the assistance from uh, one of my research a, a research assistant from my buddy Alex, who is uh, an expert on all things wrestling, um, but pretty much all things sports, to be fair. Okay. So he was he was very helpful in some of this. So Alex, you're not listening, but thanks. Was that just an excuse for for you two to share beers and talk about wrestling? No, I just sent him a couple of texts the other day. Oh. But, you know, he'd be down. Yeah. Um, oh. Sorry, I just got a very concerning text that just said, ATO. Like, oh, no. And it's like, we're processing your tax returns. Like, oh, okay. Oh, relief. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, just going to turn my phone over so I can't look at that shit. All right. So, yeah. uh, Lucha Libre. It means, in English, freestyle wrestling. Um, and it's basically the term that is used synonymously with pro wrestling in Mexico. Uh, it evolved from the old days into a very highly stylized and unique version of wrestling that's uh, synonymous with Mexico. Um, it's had a huge impact on the world of pro wrestling, both in the US and elsewhere. But what we know it for, or rather what a lot of people know it for, um, is largely the larger-than-life mask-wearing wrestlers, uh, which have developed a specific significance uh, around, the, uh, around the culture of Mexican wrestling. So yes, I today, love the masks, I've got to say. They're fucking rad. I kind of yeah. want one, and I'm like, I don't really see any you, point you just to use it. You just have to go to Mad Mix when they're running that promotion and eat a kilogram burrito and they'll give you one. Is that it? Mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah, they run that promotion like at least once a year. Oh, Jesus. What am I doing with my time? I don't know. A, eat a kilo burrito. Well, there's a place in Melbourne, I'll just say this now, that does have Lucha Libre nights. Yeah. That we okay. will have to go to. Partly because it sounds awesome and partly because the place is called Brown Alley, which... That sounds horrendous. Isn't it? <laughs> oh... Uh, just uh, go out the brown eyes, get wrestled. No, thank you. Um, so today, Lucha Libre is exclusively used to refer to pro wrestling. However, originally the phrase meant, as I said, freestyle wrestling. And that means basically not the sort of specific Greco-Roman style, which is common in U.S. high schools and college sports and, and, and the collegiate, sort of, and then the Olympics. Um, 
Actually, wrestling's not in there anymore, is it? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. We just had one. I don't know. We've been on this for ages. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> um, just want to point out once again that uh, England beat Australia. Uh, sorry, Team GB beat Australia in the Olympics. Okay. Not anything specific, just in general. And it's really important to me to maintain my rage. Look, man, I'm from New Zealand. We're just happy to get our medal in something. What'd you get? I don't know. Some We got a few. Yeah. Fair. This <laughs> is how much I paid attention to the Olympics. Clearly. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> um, no, we're just... Um, I just applied for Australian citizenship, so I need to continue to be a miserable bastard about the country. Yes. Until the day it comes... And then I'll have to just be like, well, you can still be a miserable bastard about it, but then it's also your problem. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have my money back? Anyway, (laughs) so um, a Lucha Lucha Libre wrestler. I'm going to probably just refer to it as Lucha from now on, because to be honest, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, A Lucha also, because I have two ulcers here and here. So speaking is kind of a pain today. And I'm well, tripping up with my words. To be, what a time to be doing a podcast. Yeah. Hooray. So a lucha <laughs> wrestler uh, is known as a luchador, which not very exciting, just means wrestler. Great. Um, often pro luchadors come from an extended family of luchadors uh, or luchadores um, who form their own stables. Uh, stables are a wrestling term for a group or community who compete as a team, often having common motives, allies, and adversaries, and often share a gimmick, look, or aesthetic. Yeah, and that's, that's something that you see in, like, the, the US pro wrestling stuff as well. Um, yeah, 100%. I'm trying yeah, to remember I mean, some of the names. There was, like, there was one called NWO, right? Which is really... Yes, the fucking, New World Order. Yeah, bad, as far as names go. I can't remember any others, though. No, they, that was the whole thing. Well, it's funny you say that, because there was also, at the same time, Due to a, a perceived lack of Latino representation in the New World Order, there was the Latino World Order, which starred Eddie Guerrero, who is a famous lucha, who I will talk a little yeah, bit that, about that, a bit. that's a name I've heard before. Yeah. Um, so often, as I say, these these um, luchadores stables were um, family groups quite regularly, so it's not uncommon to have families wrestle together. Not like fucking three bears but i mean like you know it might be passed down as a name so famous examples include blue demon and blue demon jr both wrestled and and you know were in a stable at one point um el santo and hijo el santo which means um son of santo Um, el santo means the saint Mm -hmm. and um then you had uh ray mysterio um who you might recognize from the u.s (laughs) who <laughs> you might recognize from Rey Mysterio. Yeah, so Rey Mysterio is actually the original Rey Mysterio, and right away Rey Mysterio means Mystery King, which I am so much more into for some reason. Uh, yeah, I, I wish somebody was just called Mystery King. Yeah. Um, so you had Rey Mysterio, El Hijo, El Hijo de Rey Mysterio, which is the son of Rey Mysterio, and then Rey Mysterio Jr., who is not the son of Rey Mysterio. He's actually a <laughs> nephew. Off. Um, and And this sort of shit comes up all the time there's a bit yeah. that i deleted later because it got quite confusing about how there was like um a wrestler called such and such the fourth and he was actually the fifth in line fifth in the line in real life and then someone else wrestled as such and such the fifth but he was actually the fourth son and it's like for god's sakes boys just get it together yeah so, someone uh in a in a discord server i'm in who's very much into like current day following the u.s wrestling scene was telling us about how there's one wrestler, and I forget the name of it, who has had, I think, like 40 changes of who their like legal guardian is as the result of wrestling matches. <laughs> because of how just fucking buck wild the stories get in, in the WWE. But it was like, just, I think it might have been something to do with Rey Mysterio. He was in there somewhere. Um, but it was shit. And you can go on Wikipedia and find like the list of all the changes of guardianship of this person. Um, but it's all like within this the story. It's so weird. Um, there was a really funny meme going around for a little while, um, and it was just a, a screenshot of. Um, oh fuck! There we go. Um, holy fucking shit! That's even better. It's Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. This picture, and yeah. it's the winner. It was a ladder match, and the winner won custody of Dominic. Yes, <laughs> I think that might be the guy. <laughs> 
who has <laughs> bounced around who his father is. That's so incredible. I love it yeah. so much. Um, if you're if you're listening, do make sure to Google custody of Dominic Ladder Match because it's great. Yeah. Um, he looks so sad. Who um, is your daddy and where is his ladder? Nice. <laughs> um, so one famous stable you might be familiar with from US pro wrestling scene, as mentioned, is the Los Guerreros, which means the Warriors. Eddie Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero Jr. were both big in WCW and then WWE. Um, and they fought as a tag team. And then they had like, you know, wider people around them that formed several stables, including, you know, um, uh, the Filthy Animals with like Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio Jr., Conan. Um, and like this was back in the day when, you know, and then the Latino World Order, as I say. So, you know, definitely like Mexican wrestling and in, into the U.S. is a, is a very big thing. Mm. Um, and they were basically a pretty big thing on the scene up until 20, 2005, where actually pretty tragically, Eddie Guerrero died of um, heart um, complications. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, woke up one morning and like they found him like gripping his toothbrush and like having an incra- insane coronary incident. Jeez. Um, yeah, he died pretty young. He was like 30 something. It was really, really quite sad. Yeah. Um, but moving on to something slightly more fun is that Lucha, if you've never seen it, is fucking bananas. Um, (laughs) All right, tell me more. So uh, I'm going to use this uh, quote from a fantastic article from Cracked.com. Remember Cracked.com? Fuck, I haven't looked at a Cracked article since, I don't know, 2009? So Cracked has come up three times in this podcast, I think now. Um, But a Cracked.com article, because I used to read it loads when I was younger, described Lucha as this. Lucha Libre is for people bored of WWE's plodding realism. North America split... <laughs> North America split the superheroic fantasy into two wrestling federations. The US got inhumane musculature and the ability to monologue mid-combat, while Mexico took the masks, capes, and non-stop ass-kicking. A good lucha fight looks like two men who were swallowed by a giant invisible breakdancing washing machine are blaming each other to death. <laughs> which i think is a fucking great description uh and and where does like japan pro wrestling fit into that comparison because i've heard about fucking electric barbed wire death matches over there japan pro wrestling takes quite a bit of stuff from lucha in some okay. some ways but then okay. also japanifies it so yeah you know. um so honestly I'd say it's not a bad description the sport which i am going to refer to it as from now on um People that say that wrestling isn't a sport are, I think, that's pretty. Um, I I would I would probably if I was trying to pick a better word, call it theater. It's but like acrobatic theater in a sense where, I just think it's doing a disservice because the sportsmanship which is involved, like the requirements of the body, and the, I, and they and the and the like the amount of punishment and pushing yourself is insane yeah, yeah. no I'm, I'm thinking of, thinking of it more from the perspective of what the wwe in america is as a business where it's all about the storylines and the, oh, the drama is a huge part of it yeah right and, and like all of the wrestling itself is to serve the story that's why i call it theater first uh, i think one of the best descriptions i've seen of it is it's a sports drama yeah yeah or a sports soap opera yeah i was gonna um, say sports opera would yeah. probably be closer um because it's they're, they're just big dramatic stories. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um. I. I I'm look. I'm gonna refer to it as sport from now on because it's easier. Yeah. Sure. Um. So the sport is insane. It's it's yeah. high flying maneuvers, rapid holds, and insane acrobatics are all part of the culture of the sport, and we definitely do see this sort of thing in WWE. WWE and you know associated with other wrestling uh, entertainment mm-hmm. vehicles but it tends to be from smaller lightweight wrestlers or those that have even made the jump over from mexican or japanese leagues as you say mm. when you watch lucha it actually doesn't really matter though literally everybody's having a crack whether they're five foot four and 65 kilos soaking wet or you know <laughs> people, people like my man el santo who i will get into later who was 95 kilos when he was wrestling um which Incidentally, folks, is what I weigh on a much, much better day. Um, 95 kilos is a hefty amount. If you've ever seen me in real life, I am a big boy. Um, and I weigh, I used to weigh 95 kilos back in 2013. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, 
I'm not a small guy. 95 kilos is a lot. And they're still yeah, doing all the backflips and shit and mad stuff now. You're a little bit taller than me, right? You're what, 6'2"? 6'4". 6'4". Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of weight to throw around. Yeah. Um, now, tell me more about these short kings, though. I need to know. Man, it's short kings. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost certainly a wrestling stable. Um, <laughs> oh, just made it for should dwarves. be. Yes. You um, must be this short to ride. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, I just thought of my time when I went to the dwarf theme park in China. Oh, no. Yep. I didn't need that. Um, so I, I watched a, uh, moving swiftly on, I watched a top 10 moments of the week video from last week um, on YouTube from a channel called right. Mas Lucha, which means more wrestling. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. Love Mas. And um, someone, uh, so I saw someone saw someone climb a rope so one person had a second person on their shoulders like they were giving them a shoulder ride what as they were climbing no no they were stood up in the oh. ring yep and then i saw someone else climb the ropes jump off land on top of the second person's shoulders and flip all three of them onto the mat oh my god <laughs> that particular moment casually made it to the ninth best thing that had happened that week oh shit at some point, I watched someone tightrope walk across the top rope and backflip someone onto the mat. Good God, I think I need to start watching Mexican wrestling. It's so good. Yeah. Um, it's also really common to see things like tag teams in Mexican wrestling. It's a really big part of that culture, mm-hmm. um, especially like three-person tag teams, especially popular. So just imagine the shit I just told you and double it or triple it. <laughs> God absolutely rad like yes. honestly such a fun, fun yeah, can sport. we just get drunk and watch wrestling yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> put it on the list of other things yeah. we're going to do drunk like watch yes. kung fu movies and play video oh, yes oh fuck yeah all right i'm not up to tonight all right yeah. so i'm going to focus a little bit on some of the things people might know about it so masks are obviously a huge part of mexican wrestling as we discussed i'm going to go to the mad max challenge one kilo burrito is going to be my bish Mm-hmm. But masks or mascaras date from the beginning of the sport in the early 20th century. It's not a new thing. Um, there are stories that they have ties to Aztec culture with painted faces on warriors being a common thing, as in other warrior cultures. Um, it's difficult to say. This is, It seems like one of those things where it's like that's that's the law now as opposed to L-O-R-E yeah. law it also feels as opposed like to being those, the truth. Yeah, it feels like one of those things as outsiders to the culture we couldn't possibly get right. Well, so the thing is, it seems like um, it's also not true. Yeah. Um, masks actually didn't originate in that respect for Lucha, uh, but it's since become a way for people to identify with that Aztec cultural heritage. Which uh, okay, I get you. I, I dig that. I dig that yeah. quite a lot. But like, yeah, it seems like it wasn't like a hey, I'm going to take on the spirit of this Aztec warrior kind of like culture and then wrestle like that. Yeah. Um. So uh, a, a quote from Magno, a professional luchador with over 20 years' experience, was uh, that the mask is the most important accessory in lucha libre because the mask makes a warrior. Um. Early masks in the sport were, you know, pretty simple, basic block colors, and they were just kind of helped to distinguish one wrestler from another. And then over the years, more embellishment came in with designs to mimic animals, gods, ancient heroes, etc., etc. Some of these do have specific meaning and cultural significance for wrestlers. Um, I understand that, you know, certain wrestlers will wrestle wearing masks, you know, that are maybe contain some designs indicative to the area of Mexico they might be from or, you know, the particular culture they hail from etc etc mm-hmm. um they also perform but they also often form part of the wrestler's persona persona and shtick so some wrestlers will you know have like i don't know like a, a bull's head as part of their like costume and as a result they do a lot of like you know their shtick is that they're a bull and all this sort yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah, talk yeah, about, yeah. You know. um and not only that but it might also become a part of the way that they wrestle so like you're not going to stick well, let's use the bull example again. You're not going to stick one of the five foot four, 65 kilo dudes in a bull mask and be like, he's a bull. You put one of the big dudes in it and you're like, why not, man? There's, well, there's small bulls. Yeah. They're called I get calves. Your point. I get your point. Um, but yeah, so like <laughs> it, it, it all kind of pertains to the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first masked wrestler or in Mascador, in mm. uh, Mascador, I think, um, was probably 
looking back, someone called El Cyclone McKay, um, or to give him his real name. Cyclone McKay. Yes. Actually? Yes. <laughs> uh, it was an American wrestler from, uh, from the States called Corbin Massey, who used to wrestle under Cyclone McKay. Damn um, it. In 1933, <laughs> um, he commissioned Don Antonio Martinez to make him a mask for the fight. And for a fight and Don Martinez's original store where he makes, where they make and sell wrestling masks, masks can still be found in Mexico city's arena, Mexico. Amazing. Mm -hmm. It proved wildly successful. Um, almost impossible for his opponent to remove mid fight. And as a result, left a mark on the sports history. Basically the mask was on and he thought, uh, and then that was the end of it. Basically, the opponents thought they could rip it off him. It was a cool gimmick to have a masked wrestler. You know, this was the days when, you know, it was still an entertainment thing, but it was a little bit less dramatic and stuff than now. Mm. And just have a guy turn up in a mask and stuff would have been like, whoa, what, what's this all about? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a fun gimmick. Um, so you potentially wondering why the American was there. Um, a lot of early fighters were brought from the US by a chap named Salvador Gonzalez, who was the founder of the longest-running active pro-wrestling promotion in the world. Um, and it's still going now. Mm. He he was basically like the guy that made Lucha popular. And yeah, right. he brought in a lot of wrestlers from the U.S. because pro-wrestling was already a thing up there a little bit. So he's like, well, I can bring in wrestlers from the U.S. and they can, they can wrestle on the thing. Fun fact, um, Salvador Gonzalez actually died in 1987 at age 100. Holy Imagine shit. being born in nineteen in eighteen eighty seven and seeing up to the fucking mid eighties. Man, yeah, what a just wild any, turnaround! I mean, just anyone living to a hundred has to be oh, just super the most impressive. insane shit. But like, what was Mexico like in eighteen eighty seven versus like in my head? He's in Miami in the mid eighties. Yeah, yeah, shit. It must oh, wild, absolutely wild. Anyway. So as well as becoming a super iconic part of wrestling, mask became a token of a wrestler's fame or personality that could be used against them. Mm. Removing your mask is a cardinal sin in the game. Wait, as in removing your own? Yes. Right. Uh, wrestlers have used it in the past as a symbolic moment. Some do it at the point of retiring. Um, some have done it during what's called a heel turn. Um, oh yes a heel turn is when you turn evil in the storyline or the drama um yeah. which by the way is called kayfabe um oh, man uh and yeah people such as uh santos escobar uh, or el hijo el hijo de fantasma so son of the phantasm um <laughs> real name santos escobar um took off his mask as part of a heel turn recently and even wwe legend kane was unmasked years ago and it was like the beginning of his evil stretch mm, mm. um the mask is considered sacred like you know the slightly dubious origins but a mask is sacred and the removal of a mask by a wrestler can be grounds for disqualification during a match if you Damn. take the mask off if a wrestler is unmasked during a match their number one priority like by accident or something you know, something happens the number one priority is to cover their face and get the mask back on. So they're just like one hand over their face and the other hand like fishing around like they're trying to find their glasses? Not kidding. Like pe people ringside, like their, their managers will, will yeah. rush in trying to get the mask back on. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm just imagining like, okay, two wrestlers, right? They're fighting in the ring. Mask comes off. All of these dudes in fucking button up shirts jump in and they're like trying to help him get the mask back on. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My contact lenses, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, most masked wrestlers, this is how important it is, wear the mask for any and all public appearances they make. Yeah, this is like uh, with the, the WWE, like they take that shit so seriously, the, the characters that these people are, that they, if, if their characters are fighting, they won't get on the same plane to travel to wherever they're going for the next show together. Love it. Like it's every like aspect of their fucking life is done to support yeah, the, in service of the, the story arc, the kayfabe and all that. Yeah, it's yeah. just nonsense. Insane. Um, yeah, it's pretty fucking rad. I'm really into it in a way. Yeah, um, and it's like the sort of shit that if you just watch it on TV, you probably won't see half of that shit. But if you follow them, if you follow their character Twitter accounts and yeah. all that stuff, like you see 
all of that stuff and it's just like what uh, what is this oh man it's it's commitment to a bit it's yeah. so good um so one of the things though the advantages of this is that uh luchadors get a much higher degree of personal autonomy and anonymity in their personal lives that's good because they can just go yeah I'm that's a, a good point dude yeah I, I got a mask mask on mask off you don't yeah. know who i am how fucking rad is that i'm gonna start unless wearing a mask unless, to work like what about uh tattoos because they would be a dead giveaway is there much of that i guess i don't really know i don't know how big tattoos are a thing in mexican culture but i would guess yeah. that it depends on whether you're walking around shirtless in public yeah it'd probably be down like I, w- I would imagine if you're trying to keep that separation and you had tattoos you might just adjust your wrestler outfit to cover them up yeah or you might adjust your non-wrestler outfit to cover them yeah. up Man, that guy always wears a sweater. What's up with that? It's oh, cold-blooded. In the ring. Yeah. It makes me so, slippery. No one can get hold of me. It's nylon. Have, have I told you about uh, Dominic Toretto's confrontation sweater? You have. It made me laugh so much. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like that. It's like, man, it's the middle of summer and you're wearing a fucking tight-knit white sweater. What are you doing? He's going to f- confront someone. It's all about family. Please tell me you've seen that TikTok that's going around. It's like, all right, the aim of the game is to say something the other person doesn't have. Okay, Harry Potter, let's start. Oh, it's some kind of invisibility cloak. That's nice. Dominic, what have you got? I got family. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Shit. It's funny and silly. My favorite yeah. kind of thing. Um, so carrying on uh, on the mask shit. Um the highest prize in Lucha is not to become the world champion, though, it's you know, no one's going to be like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. Um, also, if it's only Mexico, what is world champion? Is well, that like Americans America win the, the World base- Series yeah. of Baseball? Yeah. <laughs> you beat me to it. Um, but instead, the, the highest sort of prize is to unmask an opponent, especially right. one with whom you share an intense rivalry. Do you so, then get to take their mask home? Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> you have to wear it over your own yeah and if you win lots of matches you just get this giant head like strong bad <laughs> you're just turning up in big head mode hang on is that, <laughs> is that why strong bad looks like that because he's won yeah. loads of games he's incredibly he's successful yeah um how is this the first strong bad reference i've thought of in relation to this fuck's sake yeah okay um so there's a thing called uh lucha de espuetas which is a match with a uh, match with wagers and that's one in which a lucha will bet their own mask or hair, alternatively. It's Wrestling like for racing pink for pink slip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Ah, the synchronization is happening. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so often this would be against a hated rival to settle a long-running or particularly heated feud. Um, and... I don't know if I did. So yeah, the first one was back in like 1930s and the two wrestlers were like severely outmatched in weight categories. Um, so the smaller guy said, okay, if I win, I don't just want your mask. I want to shave your head in the ring. Wow. Yeah. Um, so they just have to sit on a chair and be like, all right, yeah. shave me. I've been humiliated on two levels, but the guy lost anyway. So uh, he got demasked in the ring. <laughs> Um, but the, 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 um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's pretty wild. Like that's actually become a bit of a thing in, in, in WWE and WCW for a while. They had like hair matches, especially amongst, um, like female wrestlers where they'd be okay. like long hair and they'd be like, yeah. if I lose, you shave my head or vice versa. If you lose, I shave your right, head. Right, right. Um, yeah, not much of a threat. If I lose, you can shave my head. Like the other yeah, way around. I'm just small. lazy. I don't want to go to the hairdresser. Yeah. This is a lockdown, you know, and shave my Yeah, head. I'm so lazy I won't shave my own head. Just yeah. fucking get me. <laughs> Nail me to the mat. Oh, no. <laughs> Free haircut. Anyway, can you just leave a little bit long on top? What do you mean all of it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so a wrestler who loses his or her mask has to remove the mask after the match, and a wrestler who loses their hair is shaved immediately afterwards. If the true identity of a person losing his mask is previously unknown, it is customary for that person to reveal their real name, hometown, and years as a professional upon unmasking. So, not only are you getting unmasked, you're getting you get doxxed. <laughs> no, you've got to dox yourself. It's much worse. Yeah, it my, uh, my social, social security, security number, number my tax file number, 
my fucking date of birth, my mother's maiden name. Here it is. Uh, you can download the PDF at this website. Why do we both immediately go for social security numbers? That's really bad. The synchronization is really happening now. Well, look, I've got a strong connection between wrestling and America, and I know that that's their government ID. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to be like, oh, I've got Elliot's national security number. Yeah. It's- Please beep that. <laughs> what is that? That's my national security number. What is? What country is that from? What do you think? I didn't know the UK had those. Yeah. Thanks. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. What country is it from? Botswana. I thought you made it up. Nah. Although I could have claimed that thinking about it. You, fuck, you could have just said anything and you said your actual ID. Yeah, but it's like, if I said name a phone number, you would go to your own because it's like, that's the one that's in your head. No. Also, would, this is like, this is, in my head, I'm like, what are they going to do with it? Start a healthcare plan? Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. This is like um, Jeremy Clarkson once um, printed his um, bank uh, account number and sort code in a, in a newspaper article. He was like, what are they going to do? Deposit money in my account. Yeah. Um, someone started a direct debit to the Diabetes Foundation for like 500 pounds a month. Yeah, I was going to say, it's actually really easy to use that information. Yeah, he didn't He didn't immediately cancel it. Like, he let a couple of homes go out and cancelled it and then po- posted a thing being like, yep, fair play. Yeah, got me. <laughs> I'm an Done idiot. Me. Yeah, it's like I learned my lesson. Yeah. Um, anyway, so getting back to it. Uh, i got a quote here about the masks, which I think is good from El Hijo del Santo. When I put on the mask, I am transformed. What are you doing? Don't do no. the accent. Sorry. No, that was Romanian. <laughs> when I put on the mask. <laughs> um, oh, when I put on the mask, uh, I feel pretty good. <laughs> no, when I put on the mask, I am transformed. The mask gives me strength. The mask gives me fame. The mask is magical. When I remove the mask, I'm a normal human who can walk right by you and not even get a hello. Usually with the mask on, everything is positive. Without the mask, I'm a normal being who has his problems, who cries, who sometimes suffers. I could tell you that I really admire El Hijo del Santo, but you know who I really admire more? The human being. Thanks to him, El Hijo del Santo has a life, and this human being sometimes sacrifices a lot to give the other identity life. Which is a much nicer and deeper quote than anyone in WWE's ever dropped. Yes, but it is, adv- it is advocating for compartmentalizing your trauma, and that's bad. I'm British. We push it all down into our stomachs yeah. and never acknowledge it. <laughs> I'm a real person. I've got problems. Fuck that shit. I'm putting on a fancy hat. What's your problem? What's your point? I say this wearing a hat right now. Yeah, it's quite fancy too. <laughs> that's and not. And you look pretty happy, Mike. Well, I'm most of the way through this beer. Well, I'm something not. To do with it. You really are. You're nailing through that. It's very easy to drink despite the alcohol content. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a good quote. Um, I Also, how many WWE wrestlers talk about like, oh, yeah, when I'm not on stage, sometimes I cry. Like, yeah, is it, is it, is a, it's point. A, a level of like openness that I, I, I can really appreciate. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that quote is from El Hijo de Santo, which means the son of Santo, mm. which is perfect because I now want to talk about my man, the living legend who's not living, El Santo. Ah. The El same. Santo is undoubtedly the most famous lucha to have ever laced on a face. Laced on a face. <laughs> I was really Get happy out. with that. <laughs> <laughs> the man wrestled for 48 years. Good God. And been as, has been referred to as one of the, quote, greatest legends in Mexican sports. Man. Um, I, I really wanted to quote that bit on The Simpsons then, where it's like, like names the Mexican footballers. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh. No, I don't. Do you want to uh, just leave that alone and keep going? No, because it's really funny. That's the bit where they like announce the uh, Mexican football game and he's like starring da 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 and da 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 the second and it's just the same guy's name but the second. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, the explanation has done nothing for me. I might not have seen that. Yeah. I regret it. Um, oh, well. Good episode. Um, sure it is. It's like Pizzoza, Santo, and Santo the second. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, yep. I guess I'll just Does move on. for me. 
one of the greatest legends in Mexican sports. Uh, uh, so he is the probably the best way to put it is that he is the um, he's the Mexican equivalent of uh, Ricky Dolzan. What? You know Ricky Dolzan, who made made Japanese wrestling popular. Fine, Hulk Hogan. Thank you. A name mm. I've heard. Yeah. Uncultured wrestling swine. Yes, I've not seen a lot of it. Um, so essentially, yeah, he, he is the reason that wrestling became wildly popular in Mexico. Okay, now um, I'm with you. Ah, so he came from a family of wrestlers, as they do. Um, both his brothers also took part in the sport. Uh, he started in 1934, but it wasn't actually until 19... It's actually a year after the first mass wrestler, but it wasn't until wow. 1942 when he became... Uh, El Enmascarado de Plata, the man of the silver mask. Ooh, that is Which, good. you know, El Santo, so just trips off the tongue a little easier. Yeah. Um, throughout his life, Santo won 37 out of 37 Lucha de Aspuetes matches, taking hair or masks from just about every fucker in Mexico, including the guy who fought and lost the first ever Lucha de Aspuetes uh, match, all the way up to the year 1980. Wow. Yeah. 1934 he started. 1980 he's still taking masks, kicking ass, and I assume also giving out names. (laughs) Yeah, but it was more of a crime by the end. He was just... (laughs) Dude, people on the streets, just people in the crowd that were like, I bought bought a a, souvenir mask. It's like... That's mine. It just goes to him. (laughs) Um, So just to point out, the last uh, Luchas de las Puertas match he won... He was 63 years old. Fuck off. Which is ridiculous. Most like professional sports people are out of the game by 30 or f- like 30 something, right? Dude, most professional golfers retire at 60. Or well, just go into the senior league. Golf um, is not all that physically taxing compared, exactly. to, some, compared to something like fucking know, wrestling. Lucha. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also casually won 16 world titles in that time as well. Um. And he had a long-running feud with the also super-popular Blue Demon, which culminated in a series of humiliating and well-publicized defeats in the mid-50s. El Santo was known to never remove his mask, even in private company. And when traveling on flights, he made sure to take a different flight from his crew to avoid having them see his face when he was required to remove his mask to get through customs. Holy shit. Yeah. The man was a consummate professional. Yeah, but also... That's some fucked up work-life balance. Yes. <laughs> so Santo, uh, as we'll sort of hear, actually is um, is seen as a something of a folk hero okay. in, in Mexico um, for his like persona of like standing up for righteousness and justice. And he seems to be, his son is a um, an activist as well as a wrestler. Like they seem to be pretty good folks. Like mm-hmm. people love Santo. Okay. Um, But most importantly, he became this symbol of uh, justice and folk hero in Mexico due largely in part to the comic books uh, that he starred in and the 52 films he starred in between 1958 and 1982. Very good. Yes. So in a period of 24 years, he's made 52 movies. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like porn star level like, uh, efficiency. Yeah, I was, try- I was trying to think of like something to compare it to. Sasha Gray. Sure. Um, it's worth noting that many of these movies did also star Blue Demon, um, the uh, the rival. Uh, in most of these movies, the Blue Demon is Santo's best friend, um, despite the fact that, that in one movie they tried to kill each other in a sinking Atlantis, um, obviously. But yeah. in real life, um, Santo actually never really kind of got over the defeats to Blue Demon in the 50s and sort of played on him sort of forever after. Mm-hmm. But Mike, I have for you now some amazing film titles. Oh, good. You'll see a pattern emerge. All right. Santo versus the evil brain. <laughs> Santo versus the diabolical brain. I'm not sure if that one's a sequel. Santo <laughs> just hates brains. Santo he's more of a brawn kind of guy Santo versus the vampire women Santo versus the strangler Santo sorry blue demon versus satanic power in which Santo had a cameo (laughs) Santo in the grave robbers 
Santo versus The Martian Invasion, Santo in The Treasure of Dracula, which was also released as a separate adults-only version called Santo and the Vampire and Sex. <laughs> what? Santo and Blue Demon versus Dracula and the Wolfman. Santo in Anonymous Death Threat, which just actually kind of sounds more like a troubling headline. Yeah, it's just, it's a film noir. He's just sitting there receiving threatening letters. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And of course, let's not forget Santo in The Bermuda Mystery, Ooh. in which Santo misplaces his shorts. <laughs> Fuck. Um, uh. Turkish actor Yavuz Sekelman portrayed an unlicensed version of Santo in the bootleg Turkish film Three Dev Adam which is kind of internet famous because this movie in the United States is known as Captain America and Santo versus Spider-Man. I feel like my brain just imploded. You need to Google it at some point. It's also worth noting that because most of these movies were filmed in the 70s, um, Santo mostly wore his mask paired with either a leisure suit or a turtleneck, sometimes both. Oh, yes. It's incredible. Ah, business lucha <laughs> yes <laughs> oh god and they're always of course like orange suits yeah yeah and yeah. but and like pushed up the suit jacket is pushed up to the elbow somehow oh it's it's those suits with like the four pockets and the yes. belt it's so good real duran duran vibes yeah um santo only appeared without his mask once in his career a year after retiring to say goodbye to his fans a week before dying of a heart attack whilst performing in mask. Did he have to come out and be like, it's me though. It really is. I think he took it off on the stage rather that than being like yeah. walked out and everyone's like, cause he just sounds like the guy who is the most committed to wearing the mask. <laughs> Here's a guy. And everyone's like, uh, he's like, no, it's, it's that me. Guy. Santo. Hey! Yes. Sorry. That's going to clip horribly. Oh, well, Fuck it. That's what a crowd would do to Mike. Yes. Um, Make too much noise. And that is the legend of Santo and a bit about Lucha. Yeah. Just all the legends of Lucha. Yeah. God. What a time. So, as usual, I like to finish on a thing. Yep. Um, I don't like to be depressing. So let's finish with a song. Turn around. Uh, that's a much <laughs> difference, doesn't matter. Um, so this is from a news article. A group of Lucha Libre wrestlers in Mexico City have used their strength and showmanship to endure a new dramatic match, the fight for public health. Oh. The athletes, clad in their performance masks, have taken to a local wholesale market, the Central de Abasto, to ensure patrons and vendors comply with mask protocols. Disinfectant spray in hand, they stop barefaced offenders placing a mask on their face, taking care to place it over their nose and mouth, an initiative several locals seem to appreciate, including Rafael Gonzalez, an avocado seller who appeared to be ambushed by the chaotic good vigilantes. It really is good because they are helping to prevent more infections, he said of his encounter. I do have one, but I forgot to bring it now, but I'm wearing one now. The initiative is very good. Presumably, he actually wasn't going to say otherwise. As a bunch of like burly men stood around, being like kind of menacing in a yeah, publicly spirited manner. If a giant manner. man came up to me and was like, "Hey, it's a pandemic. Put a fucking mask on." You better believe I'm putting that mask on. Yeah, I'll put two on. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will. I will take my shirt off and wrap it around my face. I love it because the, the like the picture that I saw was like one of them had a guy in a headlock and the other one was putting a mask on him. That which yes. I am fucking so into. Can the World Health Order organization, the WHO, no, what, the World Health Order? Yes. Can the World Health Order fucking institute this around the world? Because then some motherfuckers will put some masks on finally. Oh my god, it'll be so good. It's like, yeah, sorry, we don't have uh, Lucha in this country. It's, it's okay. Okay, we wait. brought in some boxes. <laughs> Next idea: WWE new stable World Health Order. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, and they just come out and put fucking masks on all the wrestlers and then they have to wrestle with social distancing. I think there is a uh, Simpsons episode where there is a wrestler called like Dr. Death, Dr. Doom or something, and Great. then he hits a man with a wrench. <laughs> you know, classic yeah. doctoring instrument. Yeah. <laughs> 
just gonna just gonna put some torque on the knee here. Yeah, it's on the back <laughs> of the head. It's a, it's a torque wrench. Is like just gonna make sure I'm hitting you with the right amount of power. Mm. Good. Or right in the mouth. A. Ah. Ah. Um, and that's me on Lucha. I'm gonna yes. buy a mask. Yeah, I feel like. I half expect, I don't ever expect to see you wearing it, but I will expect to see it like hanging from your bedpost or something weird. Why are you looking at my bedposts? Can I, um, can I, can I also say, can you imagine how fat my face will look in a lucha mask? Is it like, sort of like squidges through the front? Yeah, but you could just get one that is actually the right size. Nah, Mexican size. <laughs> what is that? Well, Mexican people are statistically smaller than me. Yeah. As a people, they're not a I giant suppose. race. It's not like they're Swedes. Yeah. Or you like, could, or... I'm big in Sweden. Yeah. That, what? <laughs> Just a weird sentence to come out yeah, of your well, mouth. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm Sweden, big for Swedish. Average height. Yeah. Five foot eight. That's really small. Yeah. Shout out to my Swedish short kings. What's Mexico. Five foot six and a half. There's there really not much in it. Yeah. They're, they're taller than Nigeria. <laughs> what is What is the show? Keep going. Get out of here. No, 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 no. Now we need to know what the tallest nation is. I know what the tallest nation is. Oh, no. It's the no. Netherlands at 5'11". I thought it was going to be um, Somalia. Sure. I don't know. Anyway. What is this? Do you have any... Uh, Car crashes? You want to? Do you want to derail this further with me? No, I, th I think you've done plenty for the both of us. Okay. Well, in that case, if you enjoyed any of this and want to see me wearing a lucha mask in some point in the near future, why not head over to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Hebrew Podcast, and follow us? Yeah. That look. If there's going to be anywhere, there's a photo of Elliot wearing a lucha door mask. That's where it is. Because everyone needs to see that. Buy Lucha Libre Mask Australia. <laughs> you should literally look this up right now. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> We've got a podcast to finish. No, no, it's over. MexicanWrestlingMasks.com.au. Sick. I mean. Of course that exists. It's not even creative. That's just annoying. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what if they yeah. didn't want to see that, but they still want to communicate with us in some way? Yeah, if you would like to th uh, throw it back to like 10 years ago when email was still relevant, um, you can hit us up at hello at heybrew.zone, uh, send through your fattest email signature and all of your questions about, I don't know, beer and half-remembered stories. The fuck is that? Your fattest email signature. I'm into it. Do you mean yeah. pH fat? Yeah, sure. That's what I meant. Um your thickest email signature. Yeah, show me that. No, I'm not going to finish that. You uh, can take that <laughs> dummy thick email. <laughs> that fucking dripping email signature. Uh, and we will take a look at it and then we'll judge it accordingly. Um, Sweet over to Jesus. You. I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and if you listen to this on a thing where you can leave a review, do it. Yes. Or I'll send a burly man in a mask round. It will most likely just be Elliot in a mask. Yeah. I'll, I'll be getting burly in the meantime. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Don't and ask us how we know where you live. <laughs> both listeners. Well, we know where they live. Well. Um, Estonia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we also have a website. We do. It's heybrew.zone. You can find... All of our episodes there, all, what, 50, 60 something of them? 58. Yeah. Well, 58 regular ones, but we've got some other ones in there oh, that are a little harder to find, cheeky, but they're in there. Cheeky. Cheeky little limited release episodes. I haven't had one of those in a while, actually. Well. Fuck a lockdown, basically. Um, yeah. It's not, yeah. There's not been any fun to have. No, not much. It's mostly drinking at home. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, you can find links on heybrew.zone to all of your favorite uh, podcast platforms to subscribe to us. If yours, however, is not on there, let us know because we can probably put it there. Uh, I think that's it. That's it? Yeah. All right. Sick. Well, I'm going to go give my cat a tiny headlock. Yeah, you're going to put a mask on him? Oh. 
Just a yeah. sock. Put yeah, a sock no, on. I'm going to put a mask on him, but it's going to be a COVID mask. Yeah, like good. A face mask. Good, yes. Like that picture that was going around for a while of the cat wearing the mask that someone had just cut two eye holes in and the cat was running <laughs> on the streets. Really yes. funny. COVID safe kitty. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to get headlocked, wear a fucking mask when you go outside, you awful bastards. Yeah. You plague rats. We've had fucking a year and a half to get used to this shit. Just do it. Grow up. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the new Hebrew tagline. Grow up. <laughs> yeah. We're 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 not gonna grow up ourselves, but you should. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh this has been that. I've been Elliot. I've been Mike. Cheers. Cheers. Here's fun. We do like doing this. <laughs> Yeah. It's, also, it's also just a fun way to see if I can offend you in some ways without actually being offensive. That's also fun. Yeah, we're really riding that line. <laughs> it's like, Elliot doesn't actually say anything offensive, but he just does things that are questionable. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like my vampire accent. <laughs> I was just like, no, we should not try to do another accent again. Yeah. I remember, it's still one of my favorite bait and switches was, I can't remember which episode it was. It was like, uh, it was like, oh, this is a Nigerian guy, so I'll do the accent. You were like, don't do the accent. I was like, no, 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 I got this, I got this, I got this. And you were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I was like, yeah, nah, fucking, nah. And you're like, oh, okay, dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could just see your finger hovering over the cut button. Just, It's like, Mike, what's that button? It's like, that one ejects you. <laughs> yeah, that one just kills the podcast. It just deletes everything. Yeah, it's like the end of, uh, is it the Dark Knight? Where it's like, this button deletes this software off all the phones. Yeah. Uh, how much that in years? <laughs>